Welcome to the Love Yourself Naked podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Glubish, and I've been working with women for over two years to help them ditch the diet mentality, find food freedom, and gain a body confidence that they never knew was possible. There is so much information out there about how to eat, how to exercise, and how to live a healthy lifestyle. My goal on the show is to help answer all your questions and provide you the tools you need to live in peace with food and love your body. So if you are ready to discover what it's like to live a life without obsession, you are in the right place. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the show. Today is a super exciting guest episode. I know I say that every time, but every guest episode really is super exciting. And I'm always so grateful to have my guests here. I am joined today by my friend and acquaintance and fellow female entrepreneur, um, Amy. Amy, I actually forgot to ask you before we started. How do I say your last name? Is it Cohen? Yeah. Yeah. Amy Cohen. Okay. Amazing. Amy, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. So excited to have you here. Um, Let's just kick it off with like a little introduction about who you are, what you're all about, just to kind of like set the tone for the talk we're going to have today. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me, Chelsea. This is going to be fun. And so I am, I'm Amy Nicole Cohen. I am a fellow entrepreneur as well. And I've been in the beauty space for over 20 years, started out as a makeup artist, got into business. Um, I just, I love owning my own business. I went to school for business and merged beauty um, and business together. I have lived outside of Canada um, in the U.S. for 15 years in New York and Los Angeles, um, which is where my main business is based, Chic Studios. Uh, So my main business um, for the last 15 years has been a makeup school called Chic Studios School of Makeup. And in the last four years, I've kind of added to that Rolodex um, under that umbrella and launched the Chic Experience, which I'm sure we'll talk about, which is all my um, just a big vision for experiential events, uh, conferences, mini um, conferences, large scale retreats, smaller scale retreats, international, local, all that stuff, community oriented. And um, I have an online academy as well. Yeah, you've got lots going on. Let's go back to like the the beginning of Chic. Like, where did that start? How did that come about? Were you like in makeup school yourself and then you had an idea to like start your own or how did that come to be? Great question. So I have been a makeup artist um, since I was uh, before my 20s. Actually, I got into professional makeup artistry at 18. So I grew up just loving beauty, like a lot of, you know, young women and um, or men. I've had about 10% um, of our graduates through the school be a male. Um, so anyways, I'm, I loved beauty and decided when I moved to Calgary, because I grew up in a really small town in the middle of nowhere. Um, I think that's a huge part of my story and why I have been so ambitious is because I always dreamed big. I'm a big, big, big believer of dreaming big because I've only done that. And that is truly what keeps me going and what has me, you know, dreaming about the next big idea and executing. Um, And so I got into makeup artistry because I wanted to have a career that I love that I didn't have to think about like working for somebody else. And, you know, I'm a first to arrive last to leave kind of person. Um, I work hard. I've had a job since I've been, you know, 14, 15. uh, And I wanted to love what I do. And so travel was a big part and beauty. (laughs) So I wanted to be a traveling celebrity makeup artist. Um, And that was my track. And that's very much the focus that I had in my early going into my early 20s. 
Um, I, I have taken um, professional makeup artistry training over the course of my career. Um, I've flown to Miami to take like, you know, focused on skincare and, and body and um, worked, you know, Miami Swim Week. And I've done LA and San Diego and focused more on bridal and more um, just really dewy skin. I've done training in New York City before I moved there um, and did, you know, more high fashion editorial makeup. Um, I'm a big believer of learning and educating yourself and everything I do is very much um, intertwined with that. Uh, so I just stayed focused on being a makeup artist at that time. And then eventually you evolve and, and grow into more of what you're already doing. So I just have constantly built and grown on that premise. I always find anything artistic so fascinating because I am not artistic at all. Like <laughs> I like literally go to Walmart and I'm like, oh yeah, this like, I don't know, foundation or whatever. I'm like, yeah, this looks good. Like, what do I do? I just rub it on my hands and put it on my face. Great. Like that. <laughs> I am like the least. Yeah. I'm not artistic. I can't draw stick people. Um, I've tried to like tap into that creative side of myself. Haven't found it yet. I'll keep trying, but I just always find it so fascinating when people like you come around and you're like, yeah, I've like done all of these different I've been educated on so many different levels and, and love, you know, working in this space, but you've taken that creative side of you and made it into this beautiful business and this beautiful life. And, and then it turned into what, well, what I knew it as before, like, I didn't realize that, you know, there was this whole makeup side of you and your business. Cause I knew chic retreats. I knew like the summit and that was how I came into contact with you and with Chic, And um, that obviously is kind of like where I would invest my time and money. And, and I am, I will see you next weekend. Um, <laughs> but what, like, how did that transpire? Like, how did you go from makeup into events? Yeah, I get that question a lot recently. Um, Cause I'm really kind of um, in full throttle on events. So, so I started back when I lived in Calgary doing, um, like events with, I worked with modeling agency. So okay. we would do events. I would host, um, I'd have like a hair team come. We do weddings. We do all different kinds of events to really market and promote what we were doing. Um, so long, long, like back in, you know, 20 years when I lived in Calgary, I first started doing events fast forward, having my makeup schools, um, New York, I launched, um, and opened in 2019 sorry, 2009, not 2019, <laughs> 2009, <laughs> um, ages ago, it's going to be 15 years. Um, May is our anniversary. And then Los Angeles, uh, in 2014 and Denver, um, which is there, those are both pop-ups. I have a brick and mortar in New York, but I did events. I've done events for 15 years, every week, every month, um, around fashion week around, uh, we do just like tours to get students in. It was all a marketing strategy. So we do like a live demonstration. Our instructor would come in or instructors. Um, our team would be there. We do like a mix and mingle cocktail, grab a glass of wine, watch a makeup demonstration, ask questions, enroll in the school. So it was stuff like that. And then around fashion week, we do like, you know, have, I did a live art piece like 12 years ago with an artist that used to teach at our school, um, you know, around New York fashion week, it was inspired, you know, for the community. 
Um, and so I've done events for years. So my segue into the chic experience, which is now a fully running like business, yeah. um, not just, it, I wanted to separate them cause it's not, I do them internationally, but I am based here in Canada. So I have an American business, which is more education and beauty. And then my Canadian business, which is more experiential events. Right. And so how did the experiential events come about? Um, I think really it just has come about from evolving myself mm. from wanting more with what I do. I want to go to amazing events. Why doesn't it exist here? Where is that conference that I'm looking for? Where is that incredible retreat that I don't just want to do yoga every single day? I love right. yoga retreats, but it's not what I'm looking for. And there's other women like me that are looking for more self-empowerment, more personal development and, and having aspects of movement and exercise and yoga and, you know, breath work perhaps, or, um, you know, sprinkling in career goals, vision and goal setting, that kind of stuff. So I just created it because it didn't exist. <laughs> I love that so much. I was hoping that you were going to say that because <laughs> yeah. I, I love when people are like, yeah, I was looking for something and it didn't exist. So I just made it myself. <laughs> like, exactly. Yes. You go girl. That's so mm -hmm. cool. Um, I have had this question and it's a little bit of a, it's kind of a tangent question, but I've had it since we kind of, since you kind of started telling your story. And the question is like, how do you, you're in this space of beauty and then you're also in this space of like empowerment and leadership and like self-worth and how do you compartmentalize like beauty and appearance from self-worth so that they don't end up becoming the same thing, you know? So it's not like the way that you look is, is what your self-worth is. Right. Okay. Cause that last part is, I think the key piece, mm -hmm. it, but thinking about beauty, I don't, I don't, I didn't get into beauty because it was a, only about makeup. It was about how I felt. I love makeup and I love skincare and I take care of my skin because I like how that, when I wake up in the morning, how I feel mm -hmm. when I see it, when you have good skin, you, you can't have great skin if you're not taking care of you, your body, right? Hydration, sleep. I, you know, this um, word is not, you know, a lot of people think it's so extreme, but with biohacking, really thinking about your body to be the best that it can be. And I'm always thinking about that, putting on good products on my skin, makeup included. So the how I feel is the most important. That's what I show up for every single day, right? I do have a cup of coffee. I have one typically a day because any more, I kind of get a bit like, you know, kind of <laughs> spidey. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I really enjoy it. And I know that. But if I was thinking, oh, okay, like I'm really, you know, tired today or whatever, I do sleep really well. And that's a priority. We can chat about that. But I also hydrate. I drink, I have water everywhere. My kids know which are my cups and half the time they do drink out of it. But it's like, I had this because I brought it in because I wasn't sure if my other water was full yesterday. Like I always, I enjoy wine, but I prioritize water. It's what I teach my kids as well. Because if you're doing that young and like I have friends that actually say they don't like water. They don't like the taste of it. And I'm like, well, okay. Like, and people do feel like it tastes like something or it just makes them gag or whatever. It's so vital to your health. 
yeah. right? Good sleep is so vital to your health. I had major sleeping problems when I was young because I'm a creative. So my mind, I always have things I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And when you're in your twenties or like young teens, you might think that it doesn't catch up to you, but it does because your cells re, you know, generating and your collagen and everything is intertwined as we know. Right. And I knew like, this was just not good. I'd start to get like, you know, headaches and never had headaches. I could drink water if I have a headache and it literally will be gone. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm probably dehydrated, but I knew I like, I just have a sleep issue. So I started taking magnesium and taking it at night because you shouldn't take, because it does actually, it doesn't make you drowsy, but it'll it just calms. A lot of people don't know, or my, or calcium magnesium. Um, I'm not a doctor. Consult your doctor for anything you take. Don't take my word. I'm just telling you what I take, but um, it was a game changer because it shut my mind off. You know, I'm a big, I wear an eye mask um, right when I'm ready to fall asleep. Um, you know, some people have a weighted blanket. I don't, I'm not, I don't do that, but um, I love like essential oils, like breath work, like just like, you know, some deep breaths, you know, before falling asleep. So yeah, I, um, I kind of really think about internal beauty first. I'm going to interrupt this episode for just a minute to invite you to start your food freedom journey, to truly discover what it's like to live in peace with food and accept your body. Maybe you've thought about what it would be like to live without food rules, but fear that you won't be able to control yourself around pizza, cookies, ice cream. Maybe you have a desire to eat without food guilt, but fear weight gain. That is why I created my 12 week group coaching program, a step-by-step roadmap to help you ditch the diet mentality and embrace food freedom. Inside the program, you have access to all the tools you need to help you understand your metabolism, eat healthy, satisfying meals, and never feel the need to go on another diet again. You also have access to one-on-one coaching with me to help design a custom game plan specifically for you. So if you're ready, I'd love for you to join me in the Food Freedom Collective. You can grab your spot by clicking the link in the show notes or DMing me the word freedom on Instagram. Whether you've tried intuitive eating in the past or you're sick of dieting and ready to discover what it's like to have a healthy relationship with food that isn't stressful, this program will transform your life. All right, now back to the episode. I think one thing we chatted about not long ago too was the whole idea of like dry January and Mm -hmm. kind of that like all in, all out mentality. And this is obviously not me saying that, you know, you should do one or the other. Um, But one of the philosophies that I always share with my clients and that I talk about a lot on the podcast too, is the idea of having what you want and adding what you need. So you want the coffee? Great. Have the coffee, add in some water because your body needs water. Your body needs hydration. You Mm want to have the chocolates? Great. Have the chocolates, add in some fruits and veggies and some protein and some healthy fats, because that's what your body needs. Like it's not, we don't have to get into the space of like, all of these things are off limits, but how can we have what we want and add what we need? Yeah, it, I mean, we, we grow up, um, kind of being told that everything in moderation, which I really do believe, you know, I'm a big mindset believer. Um, I, I don't, you know, do anything really in extreme, but I'm always like, how am I feeling? How, if I'm feeling good, I'm showing up even better. Right. If I'm feeling like down in the dumps or I'm feeling like exhausted or lethargic, I'm not going to perform. And I put a lot on my plate because I know I can do it. I set goals and I work through them. Um, I teach my kids that like, you know, they're super chill, but it's like, 
they have responsibilities and in order, you know, they want to be on their device or play some Xbox, there's responsibilities before that. So I think everything, food, you know, um, lifestyle should all be in moderation. And if you don't overdo it, then what's, you don't have to go that other extreme, right? Totally. Dry January is great for some people because maybe the holidays were a little more than, or the December and holiday yeah. parties and get togethers and travel all good. You know, yeah. I personally don't do it, but you know, I'll do weeks here. I did this year totally. I did days, but I, I don't set goals that I like a glass of wine. So yeah. I'm going to make a realistic goal. Don't yes. try and out you know, smart, yeah. you're, <laughs> you're going to just fail before you start. So totally, totally be realistic. Um, I think if, if for me, it's more about listen to your body and moderation, mm -hmm. right? I love that. Yeah. And I think that you are like, you're somebody that really values like mindful movement as well. I think. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm so, a movement person, like move every day, every I day think. somehow. Yeah which I think is so important. And I think that that's also like a really realistic goal, especially for somebody that has businesses to have a goal of like moving every day um, instead of saying, okay, I've got to do, you know, one hour at the gym or one hour of a run, just saying like, I'm moving my body in some way, shape or form every day. I can decide what that is. I have the agency and making that a priority, just like you would prioritize your business. Yes. So here's my take on like, physical fitness and, and that mindful movement. So I, like I mentioned, played soccer and I ran track when I was in high school, loved it. And I went to the gym. I got a job when I was like 14, 15, um, serving restaurants. So I paid for a gym membership and I loved it. Cause like at home, like we're in sport, we're doing this. Um, me and my brothers, we all played hockey. Um, and I, loved being at the gym because it was all like-minded people. We all wanted to feel better, um, feel good. And not everybody was totally fit. And some people were, and you know, my goals were just to really feel good. Um, I definitely know a lot more now. Um, I did like a high, like, you know, lots of cardio. I'd be there for like an hour and a half and I'd like bring a magazine and, you know, be on the elliptical. Um, now, what I know over the years is, and especially as we age, is to keep muscle, right? Because we lose muscle. Yeah. And, you know, even doing a 20 minute circuit or doing, you know, just arms and upper body, you know, one day and switching it to legs and abs or whatever the case may be. Again, I'm not a trainer either. So do what works for you. But muscle is really important. We live in this life and we want to feel our best. Consistency is like king, right? It's yes. like, so important. Yes. And so I've prioritized just moving. So I hit the Peloton some days, honestly, some days I don't get a workout in. So I'm taking my dogs for a walk or I'm, yeah. I'm now parking further. I'm very mindful of it. Like this happened yesterday, actually. I had a meeting and then was going to go for lunch in between and then um, head home. So I actually kept my vehicle parked where my meeting was and then um, walked, mm -hmm. which was like 15 minutes and then back. Right. So it was, but it's, you think about it every day. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love just having that, that mindfulness. And I think that is a testament to making something a lifestyle versus it being this like restrictive short-term approach. Not going to happen. 
Yeah. Like people can do years of that. People can do months of it. The person you're letting down the most is you because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Like I'm a perfect testament. I feel really good doing intermittent fasting, but it's not sustainable. And lots yeah. of other things happen. Like your metabolism shifts. Um, it naturally slows down when you're eating less as well. There's mm-hmm. lots of other things that happen. Um, with intermittent fasting and especially for females, there's just not, we actually really don't have any bodies of research to show that it's beneficial for females because of our hormones. So it's, yeah, like there's, there's so much out there. And I think, like you said, it comes down to what, what makes you feel the best, but also what is going to be sustainable and consistency is king. Consistency is what helps your body have a stable metabolism, have stable blood sugar, stable hormones, stable mood, stable weight, stable everything. So yeah, I love that. Um, how do you find that having like your business impacts how you're able to take care of yourself? Because I think one of the biggest conversations that comes up when it comes to like self-care practices, whether it's movement or nutrition or meditating or whatever it is, is I don't have time. So as somebody who has two businesses and is very busy and has children, like what, what does that look like for you? How do you make that a priority? So people that know me will know what I'm going to say, but anybody who is listening and just getting to know me. So I time block everything. Hmm. I'm a big like if it's not in my calendar, it is probably not getting done. And I don't ever want to like, you know, not like set myself up to not, you know, do something or say, um, I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm doing it. Yeah. And so I time block everything. I put it in my calendar. It's color coded, um, uh, working out fitness. Uh, so in my calendar, it says Peloton slash run slash move and in my calendar. So it's anything that is just moving. Yesterday, when I ended up doing the walk and not a workout, I still felt great. It was really beautiful outside. Like it was, I just felt good. It's what I could do. And it's, it, you know, um, so I moved, it was, I have it at 7am every day. There's some days that, um, if I'm up earlier, I'll move it up, I'll move it down. It's blue. That's, you know, and so then I can look back and if all of a sudden I didn't do something, I would just remove it. Hmm. But then you know, if I'm meeting a friend for lunch, I'll put it in my calendar. If I am on calls, Zoom, this is in my calendar. So I color code everything, including my um, fitness and my working out. Love that. That's usually um, a tip that I tell people to utilize as well as time blocking, because if you don't plan for it, it's likely not going to get done. And if you don't treat it you know, as important as a doctor's appointment or your job or things like that. Like if it's not in your calendar, then it doesn't exist right in, in our minds. That's, that's just the way that it works. So yeah, I love that so much. Um, I wanted to circle back and this is like a little bit of a, a selfish question, I suppose, but also I think it's really relatable for a lot of people because whether you are in an entrepreneurial role or you are trying to make lifestyle changes or you are pursuing new relationships or whatever it is that you are pursuing in life, one of the biggest themes that I see come up for people is struggling with imposter syndrome. And so for you on like a professional level, have you ever been presented with imposter syndrome? I'm sure that you have. And if so, like, how do you navigate those feelings? So the answer, the short answer is yes. Um, I'll give it a little bit more context, but, um, so when I started my makeup school in New York city, 
the most vivacious, incredible city. I, it's my favorite city. Um, I, if, if I let imposter syndrome sink in, I would never have started. There is no way that I would have started a New York City licensed makeup school in Manhattan with other incredible schools in like the most incredible city wouldn't have happened. And so I stayed focused on my goals. I'm a big writer. I physically write things down. So it always has to go in my calendar if I want to remember it, but I still write things down. I'll write my to-do list, right? I'll write my goals. I'll write, you know, just things I need to get done. And I love checking it off. <laughs> um, I, that's the creative brain in me. Um, so I just, I love seeing it and, and accomplishing it. Um, and so I, Fast forward. So that was a big one that would not have happened. Did I think that it was imposter syndrome back then? Well, yeah, I feel like, you know, days that I'm like, oh, good gracious. Like here I am starting and like, you know, all these other people are probably thinking like, what kind of school is this? But I stayed so consistent. I would show up back in the day. We do a lot of trade shows. So set up a booth next to a makeup. Um, company or a brush company. And I'm like a makeup school. And this is us. Check us out. Just check us out. Yeah. It's always fair for anybody out there that's starting and trying something. Cause typically the imposter syndrome is it's just with you. Yeah. It has nothing to do about with anybody else. It's just a you thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, not a you problem, a you thing, but what we're kind of looking at or feeling is that we're not sizing up. We're not measuring up to whatever we're thinking. Is it like another business that's been doing it longer? Somebody else that's been more successful, you know, based on what we see, what we hear, what we think. Um, and I would have never started, but fast forward, being consistent, showing up, letting people do their research and deciding if they wanted to come to a makeup school and people came and people came and it just got busier and busier and bigger and bigger. And, you know, fast forward, none of those schools, none of those schools that I was competing with back then are open today. Wow. And the biggest one that I like admired, um, closed New York city. They, they still have Los Angeles. You can Google them there and they have a great reputation. They have closed New York city wow. and I have stayed consistent. And for so many reasons, um, you know, things could have shifted and changed in different directions. Um, but you have to believe in yourself. So, yeah. Where do you think that self-belief comes from or self-confidence? I really, truly personally believe it comes from young, from the like support that like my parents always cheered us on. Right. So I didn't just see it with me. I saw it with my brother's. We didn't have like, you know, the resources to go on the trips and be in Disneyland, be at Disneyland and go here. But we always, you know, we had a lunch like everyone else. We had a, um, you know, my parents didn't tell us half of it, but like we were always at the hockey tournaments or, you know, where we needed to be um, in school. And then we could play sports and they were always cheering us on, um, even if they physically weren't there to cheer us on because I have three brothers. So it was a busy house. Yeah. Um, so I think it starts young. And having that support just through love, through words, through consistency, right? Like, um, I think it's super important finding great friends that cheer you on. Not everybody has had that in childhood, right? So I say then don't 
don't wish that you did. You don't. So focus on what you have now Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself by those kind of people. So would that be, that was going to be my follow-up question for you is like for people who maybe didn't have that growing up, um, and they're really working on cultivating that sense of confidence or self-belief, like would your number one tip be to find that sense of community? I, yes, but when you like, I want community to be really clear. So finding people that believe in you, that lift you up, that are who they say they are, that show you they are who they say they are around other people is important. And it could be one or two people, first people you call, or maybe you're getting to know, because maybe you're looking for that. Don't feel like because you might not have it today that it's not out there, right? So yes, you could go to like-minded community events, um, but it could just be one or two people um, more in private, right? Then kind of out there. So, um, but yes, yes, as a whole, because community is any one, right? People. Um, but just to be clear that it doesn't have to be like out in the community. Um, totally. So yeah. 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 I think community can also be like, it can be podcasts. It can be mm, YouTube. Absolutely. It can be other resources. I think just being like intentional with the input that you're taking in and the messages that you're receiving and the messages that you're giving yourself, very similar to like how you're brought up, you know, receiving that input that like you can do whatever you want, or like there are opportunities for you, you know, like go get it. And so I think when you, as we grow up, we tend to have more of those limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. spoken onto us and we speak them into ourselves. So I think being intentional about taking in, taking in input that is going to speak to your higher self. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Last question that I have for you that I ask every guest that comes on the episode, we kind of chatted a little bit about this already, but what does self-love mean to you? What does this look like in real life? How do you practice it? Self-love to me is really a feeling. It is, it is about, cause I do all different things. So some examples of things that I do where I feel it, um, is I could, um, actually just be fully immersed in my day with my kids and doing whatever they want. But then there's days that's not exactly what I'm in the mood to do or what's going to fill me up that day. Right. So to me, it is really a feeling. It is not a tangible item necessarily. Self-love to me is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And that can change. I mean, going for a massage is totally like, you know, even if it's like, I got a million kinks, like, okay, work them out. But just being there and committing to wanting results for me to feel my best is self-love. Love Love that. Yeah. I feel like it's just like that showing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Before we send off, can you tell all of the listeners where they can find you, um, how they can get in touch with you, how they can keep up with the events that you've got going on and everything going on in your life? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Amy Nicole Cohen. My business Instagram is at chic studio, C-H-I-C-S-T-U-D-I-O-S or at the underscore chic underscore experience. Chic studios is my makeup school. You can support me by checking out, um, any events that I'm doing. Um, chic, um, the chic experience. I have a summit coming up. So it's called the chic summit. It is a two day business and leadership conference 
over 200 women coming together, about 150 for our day, about another 130 or so, because um, everybody's able to bring a guest if they want, so new people um, for our summit by night, um, after party at Delta Grand. So February 2nd and 3rd, check that event out, the Chic Summit. I have a chic retreat in New York. I do three times a year. It's a two-day um, self-empowerment, um, really focused on yourself, um, self-love, all of that um, in New York City. And then a amazing retreat in Provence, France called the Chic Retreat Provence. Um, it's a five-day, four-night retreat in April. And announcement coming soon for the Chic um, retreat Okanagan, which is going to be at the location our wonderful friend is hosting her amazing um, yoga retreat at. It is at the Chateau Okanagan, November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And I am proud of every single event that I produce and put on. It's events that I would be the first in line to attend. And every detail is epic. And all of the events that I do always spotlight other businesses. They're, they're, it's not an event just to come. It's an event to really be inspired, to be grounded, to aspire. Amazing. I love that. Okay. Well, I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes so people can have easy access to it, um, can contact you, find out all of the goodies. And yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that you took this time out to chat about all of this. I feel like there were so many inspirational and such valuable nuggets in this episode. Um, I'm so excited to get to come see you and be at the event next weekend. And um, yeah, just thank you again so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you, Chelsea. And thank you to all of your readers or listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys got value from the show, I would love for you to rate and share it. And if you have any questions about the conversation today, you can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chelsea Glubish. Catch you on the next one.